So the truth is, is that um, these texts today are really not easy, so maybe the microphone not working would have been a deliverance from the sermon that I have to preach. <laughs> In my own journey of faith, I admit that I cling to texts that help me remember that God loves me as I am, that God created me and loves me beyond measure that the ministry of Jesus we are to emulate was all about love. Lifting up the least of these, the last shall be first, all are welcome at the table. Love God, love yourself, love your neighbor. I treasure Bishop Curry's oft-quoted phrase, if it's not about love, then it's not about God. And all of these are true things. And the Gospel of Luke is often a really good one to turn to for uh, bolstering around these topics. Luke often provides easy examples that point towards all of these wonderful things. This is the book in which Jesus' birth is heralded by an angelic chorus of peace on earth. It is here and only here that the angel Gabriel says to Mary that nothing will be impossible with God. And honestly, when I hear that, I think of great and wonderful things and never really spend time thinking that when nothing is impossible, that could also mean that God brings fire to the earth or division. It is hard to reconcile the Jesus who heals the sick who welcomes the outcast and who spreads a message of love as also being the one who declares that he has come to bring fire to the earth. Not to bring peace, but division. I am just as guilty of overlooking aspects of the biblical record as everyone else. I love so many portions of Isaiah, especially those frequently read in morning prayer. They speak of a steadfast God who loves us, whose presence leads us to ring out with joy. And while that is true, it is also the same text that we just heard this morning that tells us that God has determined that we, the fruit of the vineyard, are stinking and worthless. The translation we heard today says wild grapes, that God planted and tended vines that he expected would yield grapes, but only yielded wild grapes. But a more accurate, a harder translation is stinking grapes, or worthless grapes. God did everything right, and we are a vineyard full of worthless grapes that needs to be pruned, trampled, destroyed. God expected justice, and we gave God bloodshed. If we are honest with ourselves, we know this is true. We are not a harmonious, just vineyard. Our world is full of rage, violence, injustice, and those with power do almost anything they can to keep that power to the detriment of others. Even Hebrews tells us that despite being faithful over and over again, the people of God did not receive what was promised since God is providing something better, something beyond. We are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses who before us endured hardship and struggle, wandered in deserts, 
destitute, persecuted, tormented. And I want to say, yes, but God is love. And this feels so far from love. Torment, trampled vineyards, fire coming to earth, and division. Where is the good news, Lord? Because I am looking for the kind of good news that comes with rainbows and bunnies and cute kitten videos. But that is not the kind of good news that God promises. God is love, but love doesn't always involve cute kittens, or cute puppies for that matter. We are reminded of this pretty regularly in sermons, that love in the Bible is always about action and facing hard truths. The hard truth we are reminded of today in Luke is that Jesus came to speak truth in love, and that truth is that he has zero interest in the structures we rely on so much for social and cultural stability. We are to turn to God for all. In the context in which this text was written, the family was the most common social structure. It dictated who had power and who did not. It was the organizational building block for everything. And Jesus tells us he has come to bring division to this basic building block of society. Households will be divided. Everything we thought we knew is upended. Division in this context is the holy ground of standing up for what is right in the face of those we care for. But who are not doing what is right by God's people. There is a difference between the division that serves the gospel of peace and division that is about our own pride. Peace is so much more than just getting along with each other. It is about speaking hard truths. It is about taking action, speaking up for those who do not have power or position in this world. So how do we make sure the division we are in the midst of at any given moment is in the service of God and not in the service of power and our own ego? As one scholar has put it, has unity become a synonym for complacency or avoidance? Or has division been co-opted for the same ends? Are we a congregation that avoids the difficult work of justice by ignoring that divisions do exist? Are we a congregation that avoids the work of justice by cutting off from one another, living in our own bubble? Neither approach is consistent with the baptism that Jesus connects to his fiery witness. We can't just sit and keep easy peace and call ourselves followers of Christ. That is not what welcoming the least means. Right action can rain down the fire of division that is necessary in order for new life to burst forth. This is not the warm, cozy fire of the hearth. It is so much wilder than that. Today's texts do not bring cozy comfort, but despite that, they are good news. We do want to be the vineyard full of grapes, a vineyard of justice. We do want to be faithful 
doing life by faith despite knowing that the reward will likely not come anytime soon. We do want to speak up against injustice and oppression despite how close this brings us to the flame. Mary Oliver said it very well in her poem, What I Have Learned So Far. Meditation is old and honorable, so why should I not sit every morning of my life on the hillside looking into the shining world? Because properly attended to, delight as well as havoc is suggestion. Can one be passionate about the just, the ideal, the sublime, and the holy, and yet commit to no labor in its causes? I don't think so. All summations have a beginning. All effect has a story. All kindness begins with the sown seed. Thoughts bud towards radiance. The gospel of light is the crossroads of indolence or action. Be ignited or be gone. If we just sit and contemplate, then we close the road, we choose the road of indolence, idleness, inertia, closing off the road of action. Jesus is reminding us that we are at a crossroads. We are faced with this very important crossroads every day. If we choose the path of acquiescence and agreeability, we walk away from him. If we choose the path of fire, then division is a consequence. But ultimately, this path is also the path of life. All of these texts tell us to move beyond soft Christianity and really engage with the hardness of what it is to be a disciple. Discipleship has high costs, but that is the honest truth. We might prefer the tender version of Jesus, but that version of feel-good religion is not really Christianity. Jesus offers us peace that is deep and lasting, but it comes at the price of turning away from denial, avoidance, and accommodation. Our faith, if we are truly and honestly engaging it, is one that brings division. It might even divide us inside of ourselves. And yet, new life grows from this refiner's fire. New life comes out of broken places. What might await us if we allow ourselves to be ignited? Let's choose the road of action and see what comes. This, after all, is actually the way of love. Amen.